Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. I have a bonus episode of Leopold's Hunt Talk Radio. This is a bonus episode because it's two guys who've been on here before, but they're doing a really remarkable thing. Um, it's called the the Stamp It Forward program. Uh, we You heard us touch on this when I had uh, Josh and Sam on the podcast last winter. Uh, we talked about what they did last year. Well, they're in the middle of this program right now, and I reached out to them and said, hey, guys, instead of talking about how it was, let's talk about how it is and what people can do to help out. So uh, we're going to get into that, and I hope when you hear it, uh, you think about all right, this is cool. How can I help with the duck stamp program, with the National Wildlife uh, Refuge program? All these things that are out there because of, well, because of the duck stamp program. And Josh and Sam Soholt, two great guys, two leaders who are really, uh, in my mind, they are showing true leadership in the conservation space. And they might fly under the radar with some, but for me, they're two guys who just, besides being great people, are doing things that we just, we, we need to support. So when we get into this, uh, you're gonna, we're going to hear Sam and Josh talk about how it started, what it does for them, uh, or what they're doing for the program, not what the program does for them. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's, it's not that long of a conversation, uh, 45, 50 minutes, something like that. But I want to thank Leupold for making it possible. Uh, please go to leupold.com, check out all their optics. Uh, Nosler Ammo, go to nosler.com, make sure you get the best ammo you can get. And uh, in the process, you'll learn about uh, the new licensing deal that they just renewed with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, where a portion of certain ammunition is going to go to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and all the great work they do there. Uh, Mr. Ranch Backpacks, uh, great, great company, been using them forever. Uh, if you want to save money on your Mr. Ranch purchase, Go to GoHunt.com, and in their store, they sell Mystery Ranch backpacks. And when you use promo code Randy at checkout, they're going to give you 10% off that backpack and pretty much everything else that's in your shopping cart. And then we have Wild Alaska Seafood guys, uh, Wild Alaska Seafood Box, I should say, uh, John and his crew, um, doing amazing things by connecting uh, small high quality conservation, sustainable minded fishermen in Alaska directly to your doorstep. So go to wildalaskaseafoodbox.com when you use promo code Randy to uh, sign up and get a subscription for his great seafood. He's going to give you scallops for the life of that subscription. And then we have our great friends at Go Hunt, uh, the Go Hunt Insider. Uh, people are asking me, Randy, you've been hunting a lot already this year. Well, yeah, uh, do all my research, everything else through the Insider. Um, use promo code Randy when you sign up for the Insider, and they're going to give you a fifty dollar uh, gift card in their gear shop, and uh, you're going to have. Well, access to the best strategy articles, best draw odds, best everything. And right now, you also get uh, new 3D maps uh, on your desktop or laptop. And they're working on 3D maps for mobile devices. So you'll be getting that as quick as they go live with that. So go to GoHunt.com, sign up for the Insider, and get all those things in one big bundle. And with that... Uh, we're going to jump right into this with Josh and Sam. Really appreciate them taking the time to be here. I know Sam is in North Dakota hunting. Josh is in Colorado, manning the shop and, and doing things from his location, uh, taking care of business. But these guys are nonstop, 24-7, all about conservation. And I think they're an example of how so many people do great things and sometimes it flies under the radar well. I don't want them flying under the radar. I want the world to know about them, what they're doing, and a way that you can help. So here we go, folks. 
thanks thanks for being here hope you're doing well uh, hope you enjoy this discussion hey folks i told you that we were going to have a couple guests today uh kind of a bonus podcast that i wanted to do just because the timeliness of it uh we had a podcast with sam and josh soho last winter uh i think that was episode number 124 and we talked about this stamp it forward program that they're working on again this year and it's just so cool so timely represents such great leadership and conservation i just felt like i gotta take a day off hunting and interrupt their hunting to see if we can talk about it so <laughs> sam and josh thanks for being here yeah thanks for having us on yeah absolutely yeah. glad to glad to take a breather <laughs> so josh yesterday i talked to sam and he was in hot pursuit of a of a big north dakota mule deer buck are you out there with him or are you somewhere else you know i'm i'm home in colorado i uh I'm, oh you gotta I'm actually, work yeah i'm working a little bit and uh and then just kind of enjoying the uh parade of helicopters picking up water out of the lake uh, uh, a mile yeah. and a half or so behind my house and that whole Ooh. bit right now but yeah home uh putting shirt stock together and making a few gears turn i suppose huh well sam how does it rate that you get to do the hunting then well <laughs> i'm just lucky uh, <laughs> hey nobody nobody feels bad for me at the end of the season either on how much time yeah. i'm in the field yeah, uh, we're uh, we're both we're both gonna spend uh many days out uh chasing stuff around this year so yeah. it's all good yeah. All right. Yep. Well, okay. I'm not going to shed any tears for you then because... No, no, uh, don't. No. I, I'm leaving for Wyoming for the better part of 10 or 12 days here as quick as we get off this podcast. So I don't think I'm going to get a lot of sympathy calls either. So... <laughs> no, no, we won't feel bad for you either. And I can't, I can't wait to see the photo of what you knocked down out there. Well, it, it might just be a photo of me taking a nap on a hillside. That's that's what I did in Wyo <laughs> or in Idaho last week. I did archery elk in Idaho last week. Yeah, I, I I've never seen this before. September 9th through the fourteenth, all kinds of groups of of cow elk with not a bull in them. I'm like, huh. where is everybody? Maybe the yeah. bully cow ratio is just that bad there, and no one told me about it. But Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. It has to be pretty bad. Yeah, the, the greater likelihood of, of explanation is my inability to call them in. <laughs> could be operator error. Uh, but anyhow, thanks, guys. I... I want to circle around to you guys. I'm going to just let you guys talk about your Stamp It Forward duck stamp uh, project, kind of revisit where it came from, what you're doing, where you're going with it, and uh, let people know that it's out there because it's one of the coolest things that I know of as far as giving people an opportunity to really put their money where their mouth is and do it in small chunks. You know, a duck stamp isn't, a thousand dollar pledge and uh just let the audience know what you guys are doing and, and where you're going with this sure sure um josh maybe i'll do like just a yeah, real quick back on the duck stamp and then you can talk about like what we're actually doing with the project sure um so <clears throat> you know kind of diving into this whole conservation thing with the bust and the van and public land tees and everything that Josh and I have done for trying to raise money for conservation, you start to do research on the different conservation tools that are already in place, you know, things like the Pittman Robertson act and, uh, the duck stamp, but like, there's a lot of things that have been put in place by federal and state governments as ways to raise money for conservation and have dollars go back into the system to create access, improve habitat, purchase more habitat, uh, you name it. But um, looking at all of the different programs, that there isn't one that, spent, that sends as much money directly to conservation, habitat, wetland funding as the duck stamp. So by law, 98% of the purchase price of a duck stamp, which is $25, has to go directly to either purchasing more wetlands, improving wetlands, or purchasing conservation easements and access um, for hunters and recreationists. So um, we really wanted to use a tool that's already in place, but leverage that tool 
um, into a way to raise as much money as possible. And like you said, it's not a massive investment. It's, um, you know, 25 bucks and you don't have to be part of a conservation group to buy it. You don't have to be a hunter. You don't have to have a hunting license. Um, you can go online or go to the post office or go to your local sporting goods store and pick up a duck stamp, um, just to pick one up as a way to put money towards conservation. So that's kind of like a back end way of like explaining how the duck stamp works. But Josh, maybe talk, I'll let you talk about like last year's program and then how it's running this year. And then I can talk about all the different ways people can donate. Sure. Sure. So yeah, last year's program, um, <clears throat> you know, we got in the game with it maybe a little bit later than we should have. Uh, a lot of it was just the idea kind of came up, um, Sam had been kicking around the project for a while and we kind of chatted about it, how that would go. Uh, and it was kind of those deals where it was just like, all right, well, let's put it out there in the world and, you know, see if we can save some wetlands, you know, and, uh, or help uh-huh. aid in that, you know? And, uh, I think we ended up, do you remember the exact date we launched Sam? I think it was, was it beginning October somewhere? Yep. Uh, October 3rd or 4th was the initial launch day of the, like the video that we put out. Yeah. You know, so post opener on most, uh, flyways as far as the opening day of the season, uh, and just kind of spit it out there. And the response was immediate and overwhelming. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, we were scrambling and, you know, figuring out how to just get that many duck stamps, (laughs) uh, found out that that you can order them in bulk. Uh, we had some fiascos happen with that process as well, but I think we got it hammered out this year as far as you turns out, Sam stopped in uh, at a post office near my place and found out that you can just request the stamps get shipped to the post office and then go buy them from the post office. Um, without money up front. So if you want to do a larger stamp purchase, you can just simply go into the, the postmaster there and request uh, however many you need. They'll send them from the main to the post office. You just go pick them up and pay them right there at the branch, uh, which I is how we'll do that. it this year. Because yep. um, last year I ordered, or we ordered 200, and there was a little bit of a snafu in what they actually sent us, which was, 900 forever stamps uh, instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of uh, $5,000 worth of duck stamps which uh, yeah. you know math doesn't even work out on that but you know I, I don't I'm, I don't do everything right either all the time so but they were actually very very quick in in uh, fixing that it was it was really fast so that was good but uh beyond that we were able to purchase just over a thousand stamps last year um so 25 a little over twenty five thousand dollars directly you know 98 percent of that money goes directly to the ground for uh for wetlands waterfowl and uh you know i think the bigger story with it is you know wetland management is incredibly crucial for i mean the entire ecology of north america so in the world but you know in this respect it's going to north america um it's a huge benefit to all of us to have our wetlands as healthy as possible um it's one of the most diverse spaces period as far as just life in general goes um kind of all the way up the spectrum so helps all the animals and bugs and everything we need to stay healthy and be healthy. So also kind of a cool project in that way, in a larger sense than just the hunting sense. But yeah, well, um, you guys live right in the heart of it. What do they call that? The prairie couteau or something like that? Prairie, yeah. The prairie pothole region, yeah. uh, is, uh, is where we kind of grew up and raised, but yeah, the, uh, couteau, the plateau of the prairie is what it means. They, oh. on the map, it's in French. It's the, Coteau des Prairies, I guess. Uh, okay, is what they well, they name it up there. But my my French isn't <clears throat> that good, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine neither. Stumbled but, through that at best. But. Does, does any of the money go to fund the refuge, the wildlife refuge system, also? Yes. So uh, it's the only reason we have a refuge system. Um, and the stamp, if you have a stamp, it also actually is, can be used as your ticket for admission to go to any of the national refuges. Hmm. 
Yeah, there you go, folks. If you want to go to the your local neighborhood National Wildlife Refuge, which was started in 1903, I believe, with Pelican Island in Florida, Mr. A guy named Mr. Roosevelt, uh, he started that whole system, and now we have a way to fund it. How cool is that? <laughs> uh, so, tell us, tell us how you guys are doing it and uh, how it all comes together. Yeah. Um, so I'll take the lead on that one. So basically the way the project works is we are asking people for a direct donation to add stamps to the pool. So, um, in the four different ways that you can donate, if you send us money, whether it be through the website and purchasing a donation there or through uh, PayPal, Venmo, or cash app, just trying to make it as easy as possible. Basically we're just asking people to send a direct donation of $25 or more. And for every $25 that we receive, we go out and buy another federal duck stamp for the pile. And then starting at a later date, which this year we're starting it on the 28th of September. Um, and I don't, this podcast might come out after that, but once we have like, basically we bought the initial 200 to kick it off. We're asking people for donations to help add to that stack. And then we'll have companies jumping on board, um, purchasing, uh, bulk amounts as well to help add to the pile. And then once we get to that certain date, we'll start giving away duck stamps with orders at public land tees. Um, and so which that actually kind of leverages it into a fundraiser of its own, since we give $5 from every item we sell directly back to conservation anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And our, our real intention with this, you know, is that, you know, most people that are going duck hunting and are going to be you know, experiencing migratory waterfowl in some way or another. I mean, we're really hoping that they got their stamp, you know, before the opener and went mm-hmm. hunting. Uh, you know, and really the intention of this is grab one, you know, have it be an additional uh, stamp that you purchased to um, go forth and, and kind of spread the word about the duck stamp, maybe give it to a non-hunter or a birder or somebody that enjoys the outdoors and kind of let them know what the program is, take a new hunter out, take somebody who, you know, just maybe isn't purchasing one on their own, hand it to them, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of share the, share the love kind of thing. So, well, yeah, we really, we really didn't, uh, intend for this to be a get your duck stamp from us program. We, wanted, <laughs> we, we really, yeah, we really wanted to, you know, promote purchasing more duck stamps and trying to get uh, more money funded into the program. Exactly. Move the needle on total stamps purchased for the year, you know, is really what we're trying to do. Well, hopefully, uh, people will do that and they don't say, Oh gee, now I can get a shirt and a duck stamp. I think I'll buy the shirt. So then I don't got to buy the duck stamp. I mean, if they do that, I guess that's the way it goes, but you're, you're here doing a lot of really good work. And that's, that's the idea of having this on the podcast is one talk about how wetlands conservation gets funded, uh, and the, the history of the, of the duck stamp program. When did the duck stamp program start? Like 1934. That's what I thought. Yep. Wow. What do you do this year? Do you know? Uh, so the average for the last oh, decade or so has been about 1.5 million stamps. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So, and, uh, you know, last year we, we caught some flack for buying a whole bunch of stamps from post offices. So hopefully we've got that figured out, but uh, <laughs> there's not a limited number of stamps printed each year. I mean, if, if every single hunter went out and bought one, like there'd be enough stamps, it would just be that much more money. So if, you know, it doesn't matter if we sell, if they sell one and a half million or 10 million or 20 million, it's regardless, 98% of that money goes back into uh, conservation funding. They can wow. hit print again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make more. No problem. Well, just, I mean, it is a federal government program. So as yeah. long as they have ink and paper, that's right. Whether it's money or duck stamps, just hit the print yeah, button, yeah. right? That's We're right. pretty sure that's where part of that two percent goes is paper and ink. <laughs> uh, so, I, I have a, before we got online, I I pulled up the I googled duck stamp and it comes up U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and uh, there's a lot of history out here about the duck stamp program. And you think about how important our wildlife refuge system is to migratory waterfall to songbirds, to water quality, to the list goes on and on and on, flood control, soil erosion, sediment, to 
<laughs> there's a lot of benefits that come from all this wetland work that is being funded by the duck stamp program. Absolutely. And, and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if, I don't know if either uh, like there's a documentary out there called the the million dollar duck and it's all about the, the duck stamp competition and the painter, the painters that are painting um, their version of the stamp and trying to win the contest. And, um, but they talk a lot about it, the ecology and how much, um, how many different species it helps. And they, there's like a list of 700 animals on the list that wetland conservation helps. So it's like, we've talked, like Josh talked about before, like you just talked about, it's not just, um, migratory bird species. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, it's amazing stuff. Uh, uh what do we have? Like 300 national wildlife refuges, something like that. Off of course, I think it uh, is something yeah. like that. I'd have to Google the, the exact number. Yeah. And, uh, I just, when you were saying that time I pulled it up, it says the average is 1.8 million duck stamps sold each year. If you guys oh, aren't, was- aren't careful, you're going to get them over that 2 million duck stamp mark we would be just that fine would be with phenomenal. That. yeah if we raise enough money to buy an additional hundred thousand stamps a year like i'm good with that <laughs> <laughs> that's the moonshot uh, yeah, that's right. that would be so cool but I, I mean we're blessed that we live in parts of the world where there are refuges and wetlands not too far from where we're at so we can go and see the benefits of it um and it doesn't matter where you live. I bet you if somebody sat down and Googled, where's my nearest wetland or wildlife management area wetland or national wildlife refuge, they would be within a pretty close drive to one of them. And yep. they'd be, this program is what benefit is providing that benefit. That's right. That's right. Yep. So you guys are kind of born into the whole waterfowl thing, right? We definitely were. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Did you have any choice? Uh, Yes. Yes. We were, we were going hunting. It seemed, it seemed dad would sort of allow us to pick the species. Okay. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know when we get it. Dad duck hunted quite a bit uh, before Sam and I showed up. And then duck hunting sort of went to the, went to the sideline when we were young, just time and stuff. He was, he wanted to bow hunt deer and shoot some pheasants. Uh, it was a little easier to do that than the whole duck thing. And then Mm -hmm. I think when I turned, I guess I'd have been 16, Sam would have been 10. We kind of shifted gears and I went on a youth hunt one, one weekend with a buddy and dad, Sam, were you, were you along on that? Uh, I wasn't along on the very first one, but like yeah. basically, um, yeah, the, the next weekend that, like, I would change our lives yeah. forever more basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we did that nothing was, but that for, I don't know. A long time. Long I mean, time. it was all the way in. Uh, yeah. We just, yeah. We I mean, 30, we all thought yeah. that was a great time and yeah, <laughs> it was just, I mean, yeah, like nine or 10 different duck boats and 30 no dozen floating mallards and yeah. our dad went on uh ebay like ebay had kind of just come out around that time yeah and he went on like a full-on duck call accumulation like binge and was bidding <laughs> yeah. i bet he bought 40 duck balls even though he's, he still doesn't know how to blow one <laughs> yeah he's absolutely horrible to call. But, <laughs> yeah uh, that winter, I uh, I went and scraped a bunch of scrap plywood together, and I cut out and hand painted like four dozen Canadian Canada goose decoys. Uh, and then the following year, during the season, went and knocked on doors and got permission and shot geese. It was that was actually my first solo hunt I ever did, but I shot shot a limit of geese over my hand painted plywood um, Canada goose no decoys, like, just like yeah. a silhouette. Yeah, I just cut out silhouettes, and I had a little, a couple wing nuts and some bolts that I shoved them into the ground with. And I mean, you want to go through some effort, haul four dozen plywood Canada goose decoys into a field. Uh, that uh, that story Those plywood was, still in a garbage can, like just stored in the basement at the yeah, cabin right still now. Still have them, still have them. <laughs> but when I was pulling the bags of decoys out into the ditch, this farmer pulls up behind me and just has this pissed off look on his face, and he's like, "Are those supposed to go there?" 
you know, and I'm a kid and I walk up and I'm like, what? He goes, trash is supposed to go in the dump. <laughs> and, and he thought that I was unloading bags of trash into the ditch <laughs> and I'm going to drive away. And they were, you know, but no, this was my four months of work in hand painted Canada degoose decoys that I was hoping to deploy in the field and shoot geese with. <laughs> that was uh, that was my first experience. But then he realized I was goose hunting, and he was just absolutely uh, as pleased as punch. He, uh, uh, he requested hilarious. I shot his for him too, just to get rid of a few more. But they, uh, I declined. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we were we were so into waterfowl hunting that I made my college decision based on duck hunting. No I, way. Yeah, I went to North Dakota State because uh, it turns out it's pretty good mallard shooting, uh, not too far from there. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I didn't make that decision. I, I didn't, I, I, I just tried to get away from the cold. So I transferred to Arizona state and I got tangled up in quail and dove hunting. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that was really a bad, well, it was a great decision, but not good for my educational advancement. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I tell people when they say, oh, I didn't know that you attended Arizona state. I say, well, let's not confuse enrolling with attending. I enrolled. <laughs> But every morning there was a flight of doves outside of town, and every weekend there were a lot of quail to be shot. So, yeah. my, you know, based on stories you've told on the podcast before, I'd say it wasn't just dove and quail that was keeping you out of the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's keep this clean. We're talking about conservation okay, sorry, yeah. here, Sam. Don't, yeah, yeah, sorry, don't be yeah, ratting yeah. me out here. <laughs> hey, you did that all on your own. I've, I've, I've heard the story multiple times. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, you know, I didn't grow up or I grew up not too far from Fargo, uh, about 150 miles northeast of there. But in northern Minnesota, where I was from, by the time waterfall season opened, the only unfrozen water were the big lakes, like Lake mm -hmm. of the Woods, Red Lake, Leech Lake. And they had all these wild rice uh, patties, if you want to call it a patty. And yep. we would end up with nothing but mostly diver ducks, redheads, mm -hmm. bluebills. And uh, so I had a steady diet of diver ducks while you guys over there in western Minnesota, the Dakotas, the other flyways, you guys were making big hay with things like puddle ducks, right? You had mallards, yep. teal. So if I that was most of it growing up back there, you don't even understand how to lead a diver duck until you go somewhere else. <laughs> that is cool. I learned I learned how to lead those on the actually the high plains out of Laramie, Wyoming. Oh, yeah? Let me tell you, that is duck lead. And then the wind's blowing forty miles an hour out of the west and the ducks are flying east. I remember just mentally thinking, all right, two canoes. And then you put the barrel out, two canoes in front of the bird, and fire. And you'd you know shoot at the lead bird, and you'd hit the third or fourth bird back with a like a forty foot lead. Yeah, because the birds were flying eighty five miles an hour. Oh, I know. When those divers come in, so I'm I I don't know how many boxes of shells I shot. I, I was contributing to conservation through the Pittman-Robertson fund through my duck hunting of missing so many. But I finally figured out that if you waited for divers, they would turn really sharp into the wind near the decoys. Wow. And when yeah. they would turn like that, you could hold on one and there'd be enough of them in the background that you, you probably are going to... Well, first of all, they slow down when they turn like that. Sure. But then you might also hit one off to the left, behind, up, above, or whatever. So yep. as a way to ration my ammo, I started waiting till just when I thought they were ready to turn and, and set down. And, and that's how set, I was able one. to kill any divers. Yeah. It, it was akin to shooting grouse on a stump. That's, how, that's how I was able to pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our Uncle Jeff talks about hunting those big flocks of divers, though. They're my dad and dad's family's out of northern wisconsin and they kind of tell those same tales of just you know hundreds of divers closing on these big spreads of decoys out in this big water stuff and it it sounded like a really cool adventure and a great way to do it well it was always cold though man yeah well cold. no doubt 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then the real trophy of them all was a canvas back. To this day, I have yet to shoot a bull canvas back. You got to, you got to tell them our canvas back story, Sam, when we were in the wrong (laughs) side of the boat. (laughs) So one of our small duck boats, we, um, Josh kind of weaved together some, uh, it's called fast grass, basically like a matted, um, like reeds. Mm-hmm. And it made like a makeshift blind for this little 12 foot ducker that we have. And, uh, there was this pond in like North of <clears throat> Sioux Falls, probably about an hour. And we were like, Oh, there's always like this late in the year, there's always tons of mallards. And, uh, so we get the blind together, which the side story, the dog jumped in the boat peed in the blind on the blind the night before when we were going hunting so we had fresh dog urine <laughs> in the boat line. soaking the fast grass inside the yeah, cap right. cockpit yeah <laughs> so we we drive up we get the boat on the water we um, hop in we go out we put all the decoys out we lay down and uh we get started in the morning and there's birds flying everywhere um but it's just divers and the two things, not only like I'm left-handed, Josh is right-handed. So we, first we had set up on the wrong side of the boat in a tiny little boat. So like, you don't want to do a whole lot of moving around. So we had to resituate there. And the day before we were hunting, the season on canvas backs had closed and we had nothing but bull cams coming directly <laughs> into our for the entire morning. I mean, it was just, flock after flock of like mm-hmm. eight to 10 uh canvas backs just like 20 yards 10 yards five like right there coming in the whole time so that one was frustrating wow <laughs> yep the birds we could yep. shoot we were sitting up and like all we could do is swing into each other yeah because sam was on my left and i was on his right and so uh, yep. birds went one side or the other neither one of us could shoot you know uh, so we did this like monkey roll inside this tiny boat why i mean not safe <laughs> Uh, well i don't know maybe canvas backs can read a calendar because one year they closed canvas back season in in our flyway here in montana i think it was 2003 or four and i was up at canyon ferry reservoir here which is another big reservoir I must have an attachment to big big water with diver ducks, but I was up there with a guy, Ole Olson, and my his sidekick Neil Severinsen. And Ole Olson, Ole used to, that's that? amazing. Just Ole Olson. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, just couldn't be more spot on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, up on a big Will northern Wilford, body of water hunting divers with Ole Olson. I mean, it just sounds like the beginning of a tale. Yeah, well, so we're there, and wouldn't you know, big bull canvas back comes and cuts back into the wind, and I could have decked him so easy, but yeah, they're pretty easy to tell, these big canvas backs, compared to a redhead or a bluebill, and mm-hmm. uh, I took my son, Matthew, on his first duck hunt, first blind duck hunt, out on a on a blind with Ole, and Ole, he's... He, he passed away a few years ago, but he was a pretty famous decoy carver. So he'd bring his own hand carved rig that he'd put out there. And we get in the blind in the morning and he looks at Matthew, my son, he says, son, every every pit, every blind needs a pit boss and I'm in. So you don't shoot them till I tell you. And Matthew looks at me like, okay, yep. Like, you know, a 12 year old would. Well, here comes the first group of redheads in there, and Ole stands up, kaboom, kaboom, and he looks at us, and then he says, take them. And uh, he'd already <laughs> shot twice, and they were they were over the dike and out in the middle of the lake by the time he tells us, take them. And Ole's over there laughing because he does this to every, every new person in his blind, and Matthew's looking at me like, Dad, what am I supposed to do? He says he's the pit boss. But yet he didn't tell me to take them until they were about 150 yards and away from us. And uh, so it was (laughs) so so classic of of a guy like Ole, you know, his name. Yeah, his real name was Wilford. uh, But can you be Ole? Can you be an Olsen without having a nickname like Ole? I mean. Probably not. uh, But yeah, then one other time uh, we're with Ole, same blind. 
I, a group of redheads came in and I winged one of them. And as they do, it kind of skittered into the decoys and it's swimming around out there. And I'm not going to shoot into this hand carved rig. You know, each decoy he made, he sold for like three to 400 bucks a decoy. And I'm not going to jump up and start blowing beaks and heads and putting pellets in these things. And so he jumps up and kaboom, he finishes that thing off and he looks at me, he called me sport. Well, what were you going to do, sport? Wait till he drown? And uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, only I didn't want to ruin your decoys. He says, well, that's what we got paint and putty for. So uh, at, at that hunt at the end of it. Uh, he said, here, take these home. And so I still have them upstairs in my house here. There's a pair of redheads that have a whole bunch of BBs in them from Ole finishing off the redhead that <laughs> I, I didn't have the courage to. <laughs> I thought he'd send me an invoice or say, hey, you just bought yourself $2,000 worth of decoys, Randy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, those are fun stories. I, I think about waterfowl hunting and it's a lot of people ask me, do you do any waterfowl hunting? And I do a lot of it uh, when I can. And I don't film it, though, because when my son comes home, that's kind of our gig together. Is nice. He, he grew up yeah. enjoying waterfowl hunting more than big game hunting. And I think it was because of training his dog and everything when he's a teenager. <laughs> so we leave the cameras at home when I go waterfowl hunting. But if you guys have the inside track on a bull canvas back, you guys might be able to lure me nearby. I, I promise <laughs> yeah. I w- I'll bring a bigger boat than a 12 footer. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. <laughs> uh, let's do that. But, but so it's just like with those stories and that upbringing, I mean that, you know, quite easily translates into our motivation to have a program like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, and I, I think if people look around and like I said earlier, too, how nearby there is an opportunity to go and do these type of things on a refuge system or near a refuge system. A lot of times wetlands, the core of it might be the refuge that's off limits, but there's still a lot of wetlands within that general area that would be open to hunting or waterfowling or you know whatever it is you want to do. And this kind of funding, this program, this campaign you guys are running it's the coolest thing i've seen in a long time for helping fund wetlands that's thanks randy i know yeah thank you really appreciate it yeah well i i appreciate that you guys would do it so if they go out to publiclandtees.com where i'm at right now there's a in your shopping cart shopping that's that's northern minnesota not shopping (laughs) shopping uh you can get that g out of there oh yeah yeah the the g is is absent in northern minnesota language uh it's uh yeah and uh we we could have a whole podcast on that you guys being from the dakotas you must have really chuckled when you'd hear minnesota people come over their waterfall hunting you probably thought they were from quebec or something or newfoundland (laughs) with their accent Well, I I can't really make fun of anyone because I went to school at NDSU and I had a just a thick northern accent by the time I left there. So <laughs> thicker, thicker, thicker. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, we were we were raised by you know a couple of people that were moms from North Dakota and dads from Northern Wisconsin, so okay. we uh, came by it honestly. Yeah. So my, <laughs> the the movie Fargo. The the, yes. the the lady in the movie, and maybe I've said this before, <laughs> yeah, but my mom looked a lot like her at the time that movie came out, and talked identical to her. I would be at places <laughs> yeah. with my mom, and they'd say, "Is your mom the lady in Fargo?" And <laughs> I'd be like, "No." And my mom, she's she's lost quite a bit of her hearing. She'd say, what'd that person ask? I said, they wanted to know if you're the lady in the movie Fargo. Oh, blankety blank. I, I don't talk like that. <laughs> oh yeah, you do mom. I think that, uh, I think if anyone was given that lady lessons about Northern Minnesota accent, I think she got them from you. <laughs> uh, 
Oh. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny to bring a Fargo reference into this because in that movie, Marge's husband is a wildlife artist in the contest yeah. for the, the duck stamp. I forgot and he won the that. three cent. He won the three cent stamp. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, isn't there? Oh, yeah. A lot of people need the two cent. Yeah. <laughs> people need the three cent when the when the postage goes up. <laughs> when she walks uh, into the house in that movie and says, "May hey, Norm Trooper needs a jump." Oh. <laughs> just killed me. So perfect. Uh, I'm gonna have to when I get back from Wyoming. I'm gonna have to pull that up and watch it again. I haven't watched it for. 20 years or however long it's been. Yeah. I forgot yeah. some of that. <laughs> yeah. But isn't there a junior duck stamp also like a $5 stamp or something? There is. Yeah. Yep. So um, they do a contest for both the main duck stamp and there's the, the junior duck stamp contest. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, if they, if they yeah. could take a stick man version of a duck, I'd enter. <laughs> I don't think Terry Redlin or any of those guys, uh, you know, his, his, uh, peer group has to worry about Randy Newberg getting in a duck stamp contest. I'd <laughs> <laughs> send it in, Randy. Give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Kick it in there. All right. I'll, I'll do that. Story. It, it, Let's all yeah. take our best swing at it next year. And then we can, right. we can post our, uh, post our best effort. There you go. <laughs> you know what? I do believe, I'm going to have to look it up. I do believe that they changed the rules for this next year's duck stamp. Um, they are going to have some sort of hunting heritage that has to be part of the painting um, to celebrate hunting heritage and like how much hunting has funded this whole program. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It is. Well, maybe yeah, public maybe public land tees needs to just have your own duck stamp contest. We, we might have to do that. I'll, I'll, have solid idea. I'll submit. Yeah. Okay. I'll habitat, whatever stamp contest drawing, and then we'll turn it into a sticker. There you go. Yeah. The, yeah. the one that looks like a stick one that looks more like a crow will be mine. <laughs> Get out your smock, Randy. <laughs> uh, Start mixing paints. Whatever yeah. it takes. Hey, if it if it helps yeah. conservation, I'm kind of like you guys. Whatever you know, if I got to sell my waypoints, or I have to sell my socks, or whatever, if it helps conservation, you can probably talk me into it. If, embarrassing yeah. or not. So, so what's the goal um, this year? How, ma- how many stamps you guys think you're going to, what, what's your target? So, uh, we bought 200 up front and in the first two days of running this, we have had, uh, a little over $2,000 in donations. So if we keep that pace up, it's going to be pretty big this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we did a thousand last year. Um, it's hard to know where it's going to go this year. You know, it's a little different year just with everything that's happened with COVID and everything. But I yeah. think I, I like to think that as long as we can spread the word enough and get enough people to kind of rally around the program, I think it'll be, it'll, I think it'll be bigger than last year. So, yeah, well, we're going to make sure my it's little bigger personal, than last year. Cool. My personal health plug with it is, you know, double down for conservation. I think I talked about this maybe in Arizona, but it's, some Friday night when you're, you've been working all week and you're tired and you don't want to cook, instead of ordering a large pizza, go for a run, buy a duck stamp, and eat a salad. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and, and then you, you're 25 bucks instead of going you know, straight to your butt. You can work a little off your butt, put a little money towards conservation, and feel a little bit better the next morning. Yeah. josh you might have to start like some 12-step program or something oh i got programs jeepers i got programs (laughs) (laughs) so when does waterfall season open in the dakotas this year where you guys well josh you're in colorado right yeah last weekend uh september yeah, I think yeah. so. I think the, the twenty six. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. Much, yep. pretty much every every place. Uh, I think Montana though this year we might 
I think they might have pushed us to October 3rd. You know how each state gets to select how many days and everything? Montana mm-hmm. sometimes pushes their opener a little later so that we can extend into January a little longer. And yep. my, Mon- yeah. my Montana friends are going to be really mad when I say this. But if you want to have a lot of fun, come to Montana in December and early January and hunt Canada geese or mallards. They are here. Yep. They are here in abundance. Shh, don't tell everybody, Randy. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, Randy. Do you, want, do you want me to go through the four different ways that people can donate I, to the cause? Please do. I that's what I was hoping yep. we'd get to. We, we we're not doing this just because we we want to get to know each other. We're doing this, <laughs> folks. We're doing this to make money for wetlands. So get out your That's wallet, right. get out your credit card, and when Sam and Josh start rattling off these four things, be generous <laughs> or else. That's right. That's right. So, okay. So uh, way number one, you can donate directly through our website. So publiclandtees.com or publiclandtees.com forward slash stamp it forward. It, uh, We'll give you a little bit of information about the program as well as basically allow you to just uh, pay a $25 donation and we'll take all that money and go buy additional duck stamps for the project. Um, <clears throat> next way is PayPal and our PayPal is just publiclandtees at gmail.com. You can also do Venmo and I tried to set up a business account and for some reason it wouldn't let me. So it's just my personal Venmo, which it's connected to our account, our um donation account. So it's uh, just at Sam Soholt on Venmo. And then I also opened up cash app, which not a lot of people use, but if you have it and if that's the easiest way, uh, it's just the money symbol and then public land tees. And so, yeah, those are the four ways to donate this year. And again, everything that we bring in as a donation, we will go out and purchase additional federal migratory bird stamps. All right. I'm, I'm going to see if you know what you're talking about here, Sam. While you're doing that, I've been buying four duck stamps here. At the Perfect. at the public land tees, stamp it forward checkout. So, hmm. you guys want you guys want my mailing address? Hmm. Well, Imagine if you that. buy on the website, we're going to send you one of these really cool stamp it forward stickers. All right, I like that. <laughs> All right, why did you think Bozeman? So you can show you've been a part of it this year. All right. That's right. All right, I need that. I, I'm people don't believe me when I say, you know what? I like those Soho guys. I like what they're doing. They're like, I don't know. I don't trust you, Newberg. Like, oh. <laughs> so what people don't know is Sam is responsible for my formal connection with Dairy Queen. Thanks for that, Sam. That was you are very welcome. Uh, yep. That was I, it just I, so happens the girl, the girl I went to college with is the digital marketing coordinator for Dairy Queen. Yeah. And, and the cool part was. We're driving from, where were we coming from? Shot Show or somewhere down to Arizona? Yep. yep. And and I hear Sam in the back. He's in the backseat of my truck right behind me. And he takes a call and then he says, uh, I'm in his truck right now. Let me ask him. I was trying not to listen to your conversation. I'm like, wait a second. This is my truck. What the hell that? <laughs> uh, so... If any people wonder why I've gained 30 pounds since I met Sam Soholt, it's because he, he got me all the Dairy Queen cards I can eat or, or, or <laughs> cards for all the Dairy Queen I can eat. Um, hey, anytime I can further anybody's snacking, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, you know, you get any kinder, you'll dive enlargement of the heart. Man. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm just about checked out here. Are you guys going to ask for my credit card somewhere along the way? Yes, I'm guessing will. that'll happen. If it if it's not, you better let us know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> returning and see. Have a coupon? No, I don't have any of that. All right. Oh, down in the lower right, that's where you want my credit card. All right. Yeah. I yeah. Need that. So, uh, I know the expiration date. I usually have to ask my wife for the number. I can't usually read it. I, yeah, you might not want to just spurt that off right now. Oh, well, right now it says one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That, that's yep. not the number I use. That's, that's kind of, 
<laughs> Could be somebody. <laughs> uh, well, you know, my crew is in Alaska right now. I've got two guys in Alaska. I got one guy in Idaho. And it wouldn't surprise me if when I hit the, the purchase button here, it'll say you've exceeded your credit limit. I got a $40,000 <laughs> limit on this credit card. But when you have a crew in Alaska, you never know. Right? You just never know. Yeah. Place order. Drum roll. Uh-oh. What's going on? <laughs> Maybe I was joking when I said the... <laughs> Maybe I wasn't joking. Hmm. Well, I think your website. You may have said your your attempt at omnipresence has gone too far. There it goes, right there. <laughs> order received. Thank you. Your order has there been received. Well, order thank you, number Randy. Seven three five five. What well, a thanks, country! Randy. Oh yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that you can go do this, and you don't even have to buy four of them. If you buy one of them, that's great. But if you can, buy 10 of them. Yeah, that's, that's right. If one is good, 10 is gooder. <laughs> that's another Minnesota thing, gooder. But, well, I I just, the, the reason I wanted to do this, guys, it, you know, when, when you did it last year, I was on the road, and I wanted to figure out a way to help other than just give some money to it. And you guys are putting so much effort into this. You're, you're showing true conservation leadership and the way you've done this and what you've built it to. And I just wanted my audience, they heard about it when we did the podcast in Arizona down there, in, you know, February or whatever. I wanted them to hear about it now when it's active, when they can chip in, where they can make a difference and they can put their shoulder behind the wheel because you guys are pushing that conservation wagon really hard and every little bit hopefully helps. And, and, uh, I want people to know about it. So hopefully that's so, well, we, that's going to Yeah, happen. we can't thank you enough for having yeah, you on again to couldn't, talk about couldn't it. be more grateful. That's right. Yeah. Well, in the interim, what I fully expect is that Sam is going to arrow that North Dakota meal deer. And Josh, have you already got your elk in Colorado yet? You know, I'm hunting a little later for elk this year. Um, okay. We had intended on going to Alaska moose hunting this month uh, and kind of had a story road trip in the van up there and everything but with the canadian border closed it shifted our september yeah. plans dramatically so yeah uh, huh. yeah speaking right. of that a little that, more that, time to that that new van isn't that uh the good folks at quigley off-road or quigley four by four or something aren't yep, they the ones four by four yeah yeah you want to know what i just bought a or put my deposit down on a second llama you know what his name is Quigley. Quigley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And they didn't well, even have to know. pay for the naming rights. No, that's right. <laughs> those llamas will just lay in the back of those vans. You gotta start you gotta start maybe pick we'll pick one up, Randy. Well, there you go. Next time you guys have that that somewhere, and I, and I have my llamas nearby because the one I bought this year, his name is Mac because his mom was Stevie Nick. So the crowd said, "Oh, you got to <laughs> name him like Fleetwood yeah, Mac." Yeah. Mm -hmm. so he's Mac. Well, I took Mac and three other llamas into Idaho last week, and there's just one Quigley. He's just monster. He's only three years old. He looks like a giraffe, man. He is like so big and he sings the whole time he sounds like what was that star wars character chewbacca or whatever and, yeah that's him yeah and uh he, he can sing better than i can so i uh when i got back i told bo i said hey you told me i could buy one a year i want to buy that one next year he said he's yours so you'll have quigley the van i got quigley the llama that's a photo shoot that needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. But they've been helping you guys some on this, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sure. And actually, uh, um, not only did they help us with the band and like, you know, doing a big collaboration there, but they um, just did a thousand dollar donation to the Stamp It Forward project yesterday. Cool. So that's uh, that's that's on top of the two thousand raised from individuals. Yeah. So, and then do yeah. you have uh, other companies that are helping you out? Yeah. 
Yep. So Savage Arms is on board for another hundred stamps this year. So twenty five hundred there. Mm-hmm. Um, Boss Shot Shells is on board. Um, yeah. Onyx Maps is on board, and then cool. there's a, a few others out there. I believe Gerber is going to hop in. Yeah. Um, they did twenty five hundred last year. So yeah, it's just uh, it's all coming together. I had a bunch of conversations on my drive out to <laughs> Western North Dakota with people, and all of them were all fired up about being part of the project again this year. Yeah. So yep. the reason I ask that, Sam, is I'm trying to <laughs> guilt do. these other companies into it because there's a lot of industry folks who listen to this podcast. So if you're a marketing, communications, PR ad person within one of these companies in our industry, this is your chance to step up like Quigley and, and Gerber and Onyx and uh, all Boss and all the others. So break out your checkbook. You know, it's, it's company money. Put it to a good cause, right? That's, that's right. right. Yeah, and, and 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 any company that's willing to do a donation like that, they uh, they all get a full day of social media love from us, and just how important <laughs> it is for. I mean, it's really an investment in in future hunters and and future hunting opportunities. So, um, yeah, they get uh, they get a lot of love from us on the social media side of things if they're willing to to step up. Yeah. Well, I I think about if there weren't the wetlands that we do have i mean ducks unlimited delta so many groups have worked towards wetlands and at last count i think du is like 14 million acres of wetlands conserved which is the size of vermont and new hampshire combined that's a lot unreal that's pretty great and think about where we would be without those because not are that not only are they just wetlands but they're usually the most they have to prioritize so they're the most critical of our wetlands and if we didn't have that this country would be a lot worse off from the standpoint of yeah. our conservation and and opportunities and so many other things you know how many muskrats i've trapped on wetlands I've shot deer on wetlands. I've shot pheasants on wetlands. I've caught fish. I mean, this isn't just waterfowl hunting. It was the point I'm trying to make with that. uh, Yep, that's right. That's right. Good things happen when you're hanging out by water. That's uh, that's one of my my hunting uh, sayings. You know, if you're gonna eat lunch, eat lunch next to water. You know, that sounds like a t-shirt. Things happen. Yeah, maybe it is a t-shirt <laughs> uh, to, good things happen oh, oh, but, well <laughs> i i really appreciate it guys i i know i'm taking you from your your work and your hunting uh but uh thanks for all you do you guys are just exemplary in in how platforms can be leveraged and used for the benefit of all of us and i know i i i can't say enough words to express how much i appreciate you guys and and i wish you all the luck and i hope our audience will uh chip in and uh go buy some some pay it forward purchases from publiclandtees.com perfect yeah well thank you again yeah Yeah. just again yep exactly uh but you guys also have a lot of stuff going on on instagram sam you got to be the most prolific instagrammer i know or is josh doing that for you (laughs) Uh, no, that, that one is me. Yeah, okay. no, Sam, Sam would be, uh, yes, that would be Sam. Yeah. You got it. And where, it, where, uh, where can they follow you guys? Uh, so just if you want to follow us, at public, yeah, public land tees, just at public land tees. And then our personal accounts, um, Josh's is at Josh Soholt. Mine's at Sam Soholt. So those are the, uh, the three easiest places to find, uh, what we're up to at the moment. All right. Well, and I am, I, uh, increasing my uh, activity on there but you know to reach sam level that takes years of practice yeah <laughs> i i don't know how he does it i'm like man somehow he managed to be married also uh, that's, <laughs> that's right. i mean if if i if i work that hard at social media there's no way my wife would put up with me because i'm so slow at it that's why i had to hire a firm to do my social media it's like well first of all i don't know how to run my phone very well and then I was posting things like I, I'm not. I, it's incrim- It's embarrassing to say the first couple posts I made on Instagram. I had to delete them because I didn't know what I was doing. So I instantly said, "You know what? I probably ought to hire somebody to do this." So 
<laughs> well, guys, I'm going to let you go, but thanks so much. Gosh, keep doing Thank it. Thank you, Randy. And uh, this podcast will probably drop sometime the first week of October, uh, right after everybody's got a few few uh, ducks in the freezer maybe or uh, at least uh, been out a time or two breaking blowing the dust out of their calls and uh, don't be afraid to to lean on me if you see any place our platforms can help as you continue this how long will this run through the end of the year or through a period of time yeah no we'll, we'll take donations uh through any time through the end of the year Okay. And then obviously the more, uh, the more stamps that we're able to accumulate, the more we're able to, uh, give away through the back end on our website. Great. Well, thanks for being here, folks. Josh, Sam, thanks for all you do. Uh, I look forward to catching up with you again. Uh, maybe out in the field. Let me know when you get that canvas Good. back lined up for me. Get it dialed. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And good luck in Wyoming. <laughs> thanks. I'll need all the luck I can get if it's anything like Idaho last week. <laughs> the sun's Thanks, about Randy. to shine on you you know you put in the work now hopefully the reward just kind of shows up that's right that, that, that's too long for a t-shirt josh but i'm holding you to that so. <laughs> uh-huh. well thanks guys thanks folks appreciate you listening be generous